Good morning, everyone. Happy Sabbath. How does it feel to have a military sergeant as your song leader? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, um, I'm going to try it again today. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to uh, begin to put some of these principles into practice for yourself. So this will really be a Sabbath school. Amen. Uh, I hope you have pen. I hope you have uh, paper. Um, I hope you have your Bibles. If you brought your computers, I hope you have those too, because we're going to be, uh, I'm going to invite you to, to dig into the scriptures and, um, I'd like to lay out some principles uh, that uh, you will attempt to apply as you break open the scriptures yourselves. So before we begin, let's have a, a word of prayer and ask for the Lord's guidance. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your loving kindness, your mercy, your grace. And we ask, Lord, that as uh, we open your word, you would grant us understanding. Lord, after all is said and done, it is you and you alone who brings enlightenment, who gives understanding. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves at your feet, that we may learn of you, in Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, uh, just to let you know what I'm planning to do this morning, what I'd like for you to do this morning is to, um, if possible, we, I'd like for you to, uh, instead of breaking up into groups, to do this by yourself. Okay, how does that sound? Uh, if you're really, really intimidated and you just think that you need someone, then uh, I would say find one other person that you feel comfortable with that can help you. And, um, but let's try to keep it to no more than two. Amen? At the most three. And if you're just totally tremendous, no, no. One, 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 but you know, this is a free country. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a verse. I'm going to give you a verse, and uh, your job will simply be to break open that verse, to, to chew it, to, uh, to, to just dig as deep as you possibly can, and watch how the Lord leads. Watch as you see, wow, I can actually do this myself. And that's why I'm encouraging that, uh, that you really attempt to do this yourself. And if you, you know, if it's difficult, it's just part of the process. Because you're not going to have people around you, uh, you know, in the mornings when you're trying to do this um, at home or in the evenings. You're going to have to learn how to do this for yourself. So why not start now? Okay. So, here's what I want you to, to begin thinking about. 
A scripture is like a room, okay? Imagine a text like a room, and that room has many doors. Does that make sense? Uh, we're going to use John 3.16 this morning as an example. You heard me say a couple of, uh, couple of uh, days ago that uh, you can have a person preach on John 3.16 like every day. Different people preach from John 3.16, hundreds and thousands, and never preach the same what? Sermon. And, and, and not even use the same texts. If you consider that, imagine the scripture as a room with many doors, many doors. And you open one door and it creates a, an idea, a thought, oh, wow. And that thought will lead you to another scripture. And that scripture is a room that has what? Many doors. Do you see where this is going? How many different paths can be taken in the study of the Bible. So imagine the scripture as a room with many doors. Now, sometimes we come to the Bible and we know what we're looking for. At other times, we come to the Bible and we don't know what we're looking for. Have you ever gone to the Bible not knowing what you're looking for? You just want to open it up and read it. You're, you're, you're wanting something precious. You're wanting something genuine, but you haven't come to the scripture with any kind of, you know, this is what I'm looking for. You're just simply saying, Lord, show me something beautiful and grand in your word. Have you ever done that? So sometimes we come to the scripture not knowing exactly what we're looking for. We're just waiting for the Lord to lead us. At other times we come to the scripture and we know exactly what we're looking for. We're trying to find, you know, uh, something on a particular doctrine or something that answers to a particular issue that we may be going through. So there are two ways that we approach the scripture, sometimes knowing what we want and sometimes not knowing what we're looking for. We just want God to show us uh, something, something powerful. We are going to take John 3.16. Why don't you open your Bibles to John chapter 3.16 and just lay out some principles. These are some of the things that I go through as I am looking at a text or Considering a particular portion of scripture, you may want to write these principles down as we go along. Um, whenever you're studying the Bible, there are really two simple stages, especially when you're preaching. If you're studying to, to deliver a message, or you're studying to give a Bible study or, or something of that nature, or if you're simply studying for yourself, there's basically two simple, uh, uh, we can say that the, the study of the scripture is summed up in two simple processes. Number one, and this is not necessarily in order, number one is collecting data, collecting information. Number two is formatting the information. That makes sense? Number one, you're simply collecting information. You're gathering information. You're not necessarily worried about putting it together. Yeah, that's what I do when I'm preparing a sermon. I, I, I have a thought. I begin to gather information. 
And once I have completed that, once I've gathered all the information that I have, I have everything in front of me, I now know what's going to be my beginning, what's going to be my middle, what's going to be my ending. I now know how I'm going to format it. Um, it's similar to producing a movie. Can I use that example? You, you, you're, you're, remember we said Ellen White calls this book, she, she, she calls this whole thing the great controversy or the what? The drama of the ages. And so every study that we do should be in the context of the drama of the ages. You're collecting information and then you are formatting that information. Sometimes you already have the format in your mind. You know exactly what you want to talk about. You want to show the fall of Lucifer and how it affected earth and how it will be solved by the time Jesus comes again. You've got the format. Now what do you do? You're going to do what? Collect the data. Collect the information. The verses that will build your case, that will fill in your storyline of the great drama of the ages. Make sense? So number one, we can do what? We have to collect the data or the information. Number two is format it. And again, that's not necessarily uh, um, in, in order. You can do either one first, depending on how you are approaching the scripture. So here's what we're going to do with John 3.16. We're going to take a look at how to gather information. So we know the verse, let's quote it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that everlasting life. Okay? Now, very simple verse. Um, the first thing that we must do when studying a verse is simply to understand the surface of it. You know, understand the context of it. Understand what is it saying right on the front, on the face value, and I think we pretty much all understand this is a very simple verse to understand at face value, right? This is what it's saying. Here's what it means. It means that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting. That's what it means, okay? Um, and, and what we want to do with this verse is we want to do what I like to call opening up the text. Uh, it's kind of like working something so that it grows and continues to expand and expand. We want to open up John 3.16. So here's some of the ways that we will open up the verse. After we understand the surface context, and by the way, if you are to say have difficulty understanding the context, the, the, the surface of the verse, you can always go to a commentary. Uh, Doug Batchel was talking about that last night. The different commentaries, Matthew Henry, Adam Clark. That is, uh, you know, again, he, he mentioned, uh, what was the program he was uh, mentioning? Quick, quick verse, quick verse. Uh, I told you about Esau. There are many different uh, com uh, Bible programs, so Bible software programs you could, you could use. And most of these have these commentaries in them. Adam Clark, Matthew Henry, um, uh, Jameson Fawcett Brown, and, and, and so on. So once you understand, you can even read Ellen White and see what does, she, what does she say on this particular verse, okay? 
Once you get the, the, the surface context, here's what you want to start to do. And again, this is not necessarily in order. You can actually come at this at any angle. By the way, the, the title of this um, short presentation is The Workman's Toolbox. The Workman's Toolbox. If you don't have the tools to open up a verse, it is very difficult to open up the verse. Make sense? But the more tools you have to use on the verse, is the easier it is to pull the meaning out of that verse. Okay? So, here's one of the things that I like to do. Verse association. Verse association. Let's take this verse. For God so loved. Pause right there. For God so loved. And let me ask you, just by a show of hands, if I were to ask you, can you think of any verses that kind of go along with that theme? For God so loved. Anyone have a verse that comes to mind? First John 4, 8. Okay. Anyone else? Romans 5, 8. Anyone, don't even have to, just call the verse out if you have a verse that comes to mind. Okay, First John 4. Um, how about, uh, maybe you don't know where the verse is, but something comes to mind in the scripture. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Do, okay. Now, do you see what we've just done? Anyone see? We, we've just taken the first few verses of that, of that, first few words of that, for God so loved. We pause right there and began to look at other scriptures that help to substantiate or to build on that theme for God so loved. So let's say that you just wrote in, you know, on your paper, for God so loved. You're about to break this verse down. For God so loved. That's a complete thought. And now you're going to write down all the verses that come to mind, right? That, that, that uh, kind of cluster around that thought. For God so loved. What's the next part? The world. The world. Anything comes to mind when you think the world. All right, I hear everything. You see where we're going? There are, there are a hundred, there are a thousand different thoughts that come to mind, a thousand different ways that we can go. And again, we're approaching this. We're saying, Lord, okay, I don't really know what I'm looking for at this point. I'm coming to your word because I want you to show me something, something uh, uh, that is relevant for me today. And I guarantee you that the thing that will jump out for you is the thing that is necessary for you. Okay, here's what we're doing. We've got rules, but they're not so stringent that we're cutting out the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're kind of cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Okay, for God so loved the world. Holy Spirit, what? what and and you, you, one thought, the Holy Spirit gave him a verse. Holy Spirit, those verses you were yelling out, guess what? You didn't come up with that on your own. Amen. The Spirit of God guided you to that verse for yourself. We all chose different verses. Some of you may have thought of the same verse, but you're beginning to build something, and whatever it is that, 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 that you may find over here or you may find right there is going to speak directly to you. For example, five verses may come to your mind, or you may be thinking of, but one of them may go, man, that's the one. You understand what I'm saying? And now with that one being the one, you're off on a different, you know what, when I was young, I used to love reading these books. Um, uh, 
they were, I don't know what kind of books you call them, but, you know, it would give you a story, and then at the end of the page it would say, yeah, if you close the door, go to page 15. If you open the door, go to page 35. And you never knew how the story was going to end, okay? Well, well, that's how the Spirit of God works with us. He'll give you one verse, he'll give you one verse, he'll give you, and you're all starting from the same verse. So if, if I, if, for example, if I gave you all, which I will, I'm actually giving you three verses so you can choose, but if I gave you all just one verse and said go and then come back, how many of you think you, all of you would come back with the same message? <laughs> Each one of you would come back with something so unique. Are you following me? No one, it would be, yes, wow. <laughs> because you're giving the, the Spirit of God room to guide you in the Scriptures, where he wants you to go. But let me say this. There may have been someone in here who, no, you know, man, no verse came to my mind. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe you're, just, you know, maybe you're just tired or who knows what, pray, whatever. But if you are not reading the scriptures on a regular basis, guess what? It's going to be extremely difficult for anything to come to mind. You understand what I'm saying? The promise of the Spirit is that he will bring all things to your what? Remembrance. So I believe, beloved, that it is the Spirit of God that will give you the verse that he wants you to have in connection with the verse you're looking at. Amen. So what Taj spoke about yesterday, heart preparation, is totally vital. Totally vital. Because true Bible study is a dependence upon the word, upon the spirit of God. Amen? Amen? Okay. So we can go through God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. Your minds are going. His only begotten son. Think of the verses. Association of verses. That whosoever. Can you think of verse? Whosoever. There you go. Whosoever believeth. Now, for, for me, when I was doing this, because I just did this yesterday, I was like, okay, look, we'll just use this. When I, when I hit the word believe, all of a sudden, a whole just, whew, what does it mean to believe? Some people say, all you have to do is confess with your mouth. That's belief. You know, there's this whole argument about faith and works. I mean, so many different realms can open up. But that word believe brings verses to the mind that help you to go the direction in which God is trying to lead you in that particular study. Okay? Whosoever believeth in him, in him, can you think of in him? I am the vine. You are the branches. 
You see, much of this depends upon our familiarity with the scriptures. That's why even if you're having a difficult time understanding, just read the Bible anyway. Because as you begin to read, your pool of knowledge grows. So that now, it's kind of like yesterday. Remember how I, how I said to you um, that I have studied the sanctuary so much that when I looked at that uh, picture of Orion, the, 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 the thought immediately, it wasn't like a couple, it was like immediately it jumped out at me. Why? Because my mind had already been assimilated to the sanctuary. So when your mind is immediately assimil is, is, is assimilated to the scripture, what happens is you begin to see things and things begin to, oh, yeah, this happened over here in this part of the Bible. And, oh, and you may not remember the exact verse, but you remember the story. The more you read is the greater pool you have to pull from in your studies. Make sense? Okay. Um. So you get the process, verse association. Here's another process, question the text. So let's go through it again. For God so loved. What kind of, pause right there. What kind of questions would come to your mind? Why? What's the four for? <laughs> what God? What was that? Why does God love us? What is love? How much is so? You, you see, we, you, we can formulate all kinds of questions, individual, you know, particular to you. You ask a question, you ask a different question, you ask a different question. We ask the text questions and then try to find verses that answer those questions. For God so loved. Somebody asks, what is love? Where am I going? 1 Corinthians 13. Okay, and anything else? 1 John 5, any, anywhere else? I mean, you're calling out scriptures. See how many places we can go to answer that one question? I mean, you can actually do a study. I mean, you can actually get so that you will never get to the part past for God so loved. You can just stick on for God so loved and just go and 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 never finish studying the, the rest of the verse. Although you want to, it is possible that you can just do the for God so loved. You can do a whole, your sermon could be titled for God so loved. Ask the text questions. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, gave his only begotten son. Think about the questions. What kind of questions would you ask? Question the text. Be a detective. Does that make sense? All right. So question the text. Let's go to another point here. Uh, it's what I call directional relationship. Um, there are six directions. You ever look at a scripture and then ask yourself, well, where do I go from here? Yeah? Huh? You read the scripture, you're just like, well, man, I'm like, okay, I've read the scripture. What do I do next in my Bible study? Where do I go from here? Well, there are six directions in which you can go. 
You ready for the six directions? You can look at that verse in the light of heaven past. That's number one. You can look at that verse in the light of earth past. That's number two. You can look at that verse in the light of heaven what? Present. You can look at that verse in the light of earth present. You can look at that verse in the light of heaven future. You can look at that verse in the light of earth future. Okay, help me out here. Let's, let's uh, uh, consider for God so loved the world. What is its relationship, the relationship of that verse to heaven past? Before creation, heaven, heaven passed. Heaven passed would be before the earth was created. The plan of foundation, oh, the plan of foundation. <laughs> the plan of salvation was what? Was founded before this earth was ever created. Behold, the Lamb of God slain from what? The foundation of the world. You've got a relationship from John 3.16 to Heaven passed. Now, let me mention this. This may not be applicable to all six directions, and it may be applicable to all six directions. You just have to see what, you know, can I find anything here? No, I can't. Then I move on. Okay? What about earth passed? For God, and by the way, well, we'll, we'll pause here. For, uh, well, I'll hold that thought. For God so loved the world, past. Earth passed. Anything comes to mind? Creation, chaos, how about, I'm going to help you out here, <laughs> how about when Adam and Eve sinned, because we're talking about earth past, it doesn't have to be before man was created, when Adam and Eve sinned, how was that verse demonstrated? The promise, Genesis 3.15. How about the animal skins? Remember, the animal skins, in order for uh, uh, humanity to be covered from their nakedness, an animal had to be slain to be covered. Does that have a relationship with for God so loved the world that he gave us? Okay, what about heaven present? How is that verse demonstrated for us, heaven present? I just heard so much stuff yelled out, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> what was that? I couldn't hear that. One more time. Okay. Heavens declare his glory. Anybody else have a thought? Jesus in the sanctuary. He is doing what right now for us? Interceding for us right now. 
You understand? So we're not going to go through the rest. I just want to show you, when you get a scripture, you can consider that scripture. How does this scripture relate to, to, to prophecy? That would be earth future. How does this scripture relate to, to heaven future? That would be eternity. By the way, the Bible says that the Lamb of God will be, you know, the, talks about the city in Revelation 21, 22, and how the light of the Lamb is in the city. That's heaven future. Okay, you can take this verse and see how it applies to, 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 the, to the six directions that we talked about. So, re, the, the directional relationship is, a, is another avenue by which we can study or open up the text. Um, let's go back to heaven past real quick. If you go back to heaven past, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay, what does it mean that he gave his only begotten son? That Jesus had what? Jesus died. But we saw that Jesus was slain from when? From the foundation before the world was created. Now, why did this happen? What is it that caused Jesus to die? Sin. Okay, very good. Where did this sin occur? In heaven, what did Lucifer do? What is sin? Transgression of the law. So what was in heaven that Lucifer broke? A law. What was that law that he broke? The law of, somebody said, the law of love. For God so... Lucifer broke the law of love in heaven, God would demonstrate or restore the law of love on earth by what? Giving his only begotten son. Okay? Now, we can continue on down this, down this leg, and guess what? We were only talking about the text in relation to heaven past. There's still five other legs that we can look at with the text. Five other directions. Directional studying. All right, now, let's say that we have gotten all our, con all our, our data, okay? What do I now do with the data? I format it. You understand? Uh, I, I lay it out in the, in, the, in the context of the great controversy. So here's what that means. Every study should have these three elements in it in terms of formatting. Number one, the goodness of God. Number two, the opposition of Satan. And number three, the climactic triumph of good over evil. All your studies, hellfire, state of the dead, millennium, all of it should end with your Bible study contact going, yes! Nobody got excited about that. <laughs> you want your people, you want your, the people you're studying, you, yourself, you want to go, you know, it's the best thing to be studying in your room by yourself and somebody's in the other room and all they hear is, yes! <laughs> Everything should be in, off the, the, your format should include, include these three things to put it in its proper context, okay? Now, I'm gonna share with you just a few more things in terms of, of, of 
uh, uh, tools to open up the scriptures, and then we're going to go ahead and break apart. Here are the verses I'm going to give you. Write them down. Philippians 3.3. 3. Philippians 3.3. 3. 1 Peter 4, verse 12 to 13, and 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Now, just choose one of those. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Just choose one of those, and then if you want to stay in here and, and, and you know, do it in here, you can. If you want to go outside, you can. I'm, we're not doing that yet. I have a few more things to share with you uh, to help you in this, and then they are 1 Peter 4, verse 12 and 13, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, and Philippians 3, verse 3. The, oh, 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 the triumph, the climactic triumph of good over evil. Did you all get the verses? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. And Philippians 3 and verse 3. Okay, here's some other tools that you need to help you break down your text. When I say break down your text, you want to be like a lawyer. Leave nothing in the text unturned. I just pretty much summed up everything that I was about to say here. Leave nothing in the text unturned. Definitions. If you're in the New Testament, look up the Greek. If you're in the Old Testament, look up the Hebrew. Look up the definition of these words. Because those definitions help to open up the text. You understand what I'm saying? So look at the definitions. As you're looking at these words, think of synonyms and antonyms. Think of ways you can say this differently. What's another word for whatever the word is? Etymology. How many of you know what etymology is? Okay. If you've ever heard me speak, you will probably know that I love etymology. It is the breaking down of words, taking a word and actually looking at the definition of the word or looking at the, the uh, origin of the word. Um, uh, for example, universe. The word universe, uni, single, one, verse, word. Or sentence. Uni <laughs> verse. Single spoken sentence. Oh yeah, somebody needs to get excited about that one. <laughs> so God created this world, this universe, just as the word indicates. Now, who was the verse by which he created the word? Jesus was the verse. <laughs> Amen. Now the devil hates Jesus. He is anti-verse. Or contra-verse. The great Controversy, and by the way, controversy, you look it up in the, in the etymology, it is against a word. The great controversy 
is all about exactly what it says. People against the word. Satan against the word. There is a, um, if you go online and type in etymology online, uh, you'll be able to find uh, a website. I think it's at, uh, etyonline.com. You go there and you can type in any word and look at the origin of that word. And I'm telling you, the study of the origins of words is an incredible, incredible study. It will enrich your Bible study tremendously. Okay, so uh, we've got definitions. We've got names. When you see a name in Scripture, don't skip over that. It could have serious significance. Maybe not all the time, but don't leave anything unturned. Make sense? Uh, uh, consider... Uh, the guy that they brought out, how, how many of you remember, the, who was the guy they brought out with Jesus when the, they were saying, Jesus, who do you want, Jesus or Barabbas? You know what the word Barabbas means? Bar means son of, Abba, father. Okay, so you have the son of the father on one hand, and you have the son of the father on the other hand. Which son of the father do you want? <laughs> Remember, Antichrist claims to be in the place of Jesus. And the Jews were so deceived that they chose the son of the father over the son of the father. In the same way, many will be so deceived in the last days that they will see Antichrist and think that he is Jesus Christ. Okay, so consider the names because they may add something rich to your study. Jonah, Nineveh. Remember Nineveh? Do you know what Nineveh means? You look at the, the meaning of the word, it actually means the place of abundant fish. The word Nineveh comes from the, is a, comes from the word Nina, the place of abundant fish. That adds so much to our story. Because God was telling Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go fishing for me. I want you to go be a fish of men. And Jonah ran the other way. Some of us are so afraid to go fishing that we'd rather be swallowed up by a whale. <laughs> Jonah saw the whale coming. And about you, this is funny, man. The Bible says that Jonah was in the belly of the whale. And then if you read Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, it says, then Jonah prayed. You didn't get that. If you saw, if you were in the water and you saw a whale coming at you, What's the first thing you would do? The Bible says Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days. And then Jonah was in the belly like, yep, I'm not going fishing. You can swallow me up. Yeah, I'm just not make myself comfortable and just kind of kick back. No wonder God used a fish to swallow him. Jonah, I've called you to be a fisher of men. So I'm going to remind you of what you're supposed to be doing. Anyway, consider the names. Consider the names. Uh, the places. Uh, don't, you know, when something, when, when something says, you know, which is in the Hebrew called, check it out. Why does it say it's in the Hebrew called? Or in this called, look at the meaning of names and places and numbers. For example, the number three 
is symbolic of life and death. You go through the scriptures and you'll see many times three is mentioned, the butler and the baker, Jonah in the, in the, belly, in the belly of the whale, Abraham on the third day looks up and sees, sees a place where he's supposed to sacrifice his son. Jesus died on the third day, or, or rather sprung forth from the grave on the third day. All, this number three has a lot of significance pointing towards the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So consider numbers, consider symbols, consider types, uh, consider parallel passages. I know I'm going fast now. Consider parallel stories. Consider parables that may actually ring a bell. Hey, wait a minute. This kind of rings a bell of a parable I heard somewhere before. See if it fits, if it matches. Consider translations of the verse. Um, consider its relationship to the gospel always. And the last thing I want to share with you is verification by the spirit of prophecy. Verification by the spirit of prophecy. Um, what I like to do is I'll go through a whole study and I'll find things I'm like, oh my goodness, oh wow. And I, I go to the spirit of prophecy to see, am I right in my conclusions? There are things that I've thought I've found, oh man, look what I've just discovered. Wow, this is amazing. And then like months later, I'll be reading some of the spirit of prophecy and, she, da -da 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 -da, and I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so many things that, 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 that we, we, if we, if we come to the right conclusion, I almost guarantee you it'll be found in her writings. All right. And then meditate on your text. Chew it. Let it become a part of you so that it is living, alive. Amen? All right. Taking enough time. Go ahead and break up. I think we have until 11 o'clock. Is that right? Okay, and I don't know what time it is. Don't tell me because I don't want to know that I took time from you. All right, if you want to, uh, again, if you want to stay where you are, you can do that. If you feel like you need to go somewhere, just feel free. This is Sabbath school. You are in school, all right? You good? Okay, everyone. Um, let's uh, grab a seat. And uh, we are getting ready to close this session out. Um, before we do that, I just want to uh, make one quick announcement. Are we all in? Okay, good. Um, yeah, I just want to go back and clarify, not clarify, well, clarify something that I said earlier. How many of you heard when I uh, stated that uh, God killed an animal for Adam? Heard when I said that? Okay. I, I, that was like a slip of the tongue. And uh, someone pointed out to me and I said, I remembered. Uh, and I heard it, marked it in my mind, and then totally forgot to make the correction. So I'm making the correction now. And it's on camera, so you see it now. Um, how many of you were... Uh, satisfied with your study just now? How many of you uh, found things that were just like, oh, wow? How many of you understand my excitement when I'm up here speaking now? <laughs> okay. Now, um, how many of you consider yourself scholars? Okay. And yet, you found something that excited you in the Word of God. Amen? And so... Uh, this is to demonstrate to you that 
This can be done. You can do it. You can find things in the Word of God for yourself with, you, with the aid of the Holy Spirit, uh, with, the right, you know, with the right mindset. You can find things in the Word of God and be fully fed uh, from the Scriptures. Amen? Amen. So uh, we're now about to close this session out. And uh, we will move right into our next session, I believe it is, which is uh, the divine service. Um, let us uh, bow our heads for a closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your merciful grace, your kindness, Lord, your uh, condescension to come and speak to us through your word. Lord, we have seen today that it is indeed possible to open the scriptures and to see wondrous things out of your book. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. And Lord, may we use this light that you have given us to go and lighten the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.